The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, November 3rd. That can mean only one thing. Pew, 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 it was uh, a long week without us talking here on the Pick Six podcast. It sure yeah. was. Uh, what are you, 37, 36? 37 now. But uh, I got to tell you, I've been well fed, uh, very well fed. Oh, you, I, oh, you have? Uh, oh, I've been eating a lot of good meat from ButcherBox. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, all right. We're going to uh, usually we do like a YouTube uh, breakout. I think. Uh, we subscribe to our YouTube. We'll get to ButcherBox in a second. Um, subscribe. To our YouTube channel, but ButcherBox is amazing. YouTube.com slash pick six. Hit the little subscribe button. Turn on the alerts. You hit the subscribe, then you hit the bell if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not watching, go there and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Like the video and join us for our live recaps post game on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. Plus, 1 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays every week. 1 p.m. Tuesday, mock draft show with Ryan Wilson and draft experts. 1 p.m. Thursday, pick show with me. RJ White and Pete Brisker breaking down all of the games from the slate. Before we get into football chatter, are you aware that Debo has prepared a Chris Farley trivia quiz for you? Yes. Yes. Right. Love this. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. We need some, we need some like we need some um some like theme music. Yeah, or like some uh some weakest link or uh who wants to be a millionaire music. Like, oh, you, who wants to be a millionaire has got a great little uh, little jingle. Yeah, if you very will. intense. I don't know if it's a jingle so much as like a, but yes. All Definitely right. not a jingle. That was actually the opposite of what you'd probably want to make it. Yeah. Correct. Correct. That's, yeah. The jingle is like. Oh, no, I would trade you. I would trade Regis Philbin for you any day. If oh, I right, absolutely. Game. Yes. No offense to Regis. Uh, all right. We'll start. What Big Ten city was Chris Farley born in? Born. Oh my Big god. Big Ten City. Big Ten City. So you got you can narrow it down a little bit there. Big Ten City. Um Big Ten City. It's funny because it's like town or city. It's really like kind of giving some stuff away there. Um, uh let's um I would uh do you want to do you want to give me a hint? Yeah, give me a hint. Give me a hint. Okay. Um uh the if I were associate well, I don't, there's you could associate multiple animals with it, including 
a large cat. It's more animals with it. Yeah. A large cat. Even a big cat. You're saying Chicago? No, uh, it's close, but no. Well, Northwestern's there, so it'd be like Evanston or whatever. But uh, it's a town. It's a town. It's a town. Yeah, it's a town. Yeah, it's a town. This is getting off to an awful start, by the way. I wish I was more prepared for this. So thank you for that putting down the rundown. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. Madison, Wisconsin, Badgers won and Big Cat, Big Big Cat Dan. Right, Big Big Cat went there, but he's not from there. Yeah, no, but I just, I just, I was trying to do it on the fly. You're just trying to get Big Cat to give you a shout-out. for making No, no, no. I don't care about that. I was just thinking of two animals. I couldn't say Badgers. You would have guessed Wisconsin immediately. You could have just said, you know, place on a lake or something. I don't know. Okay. Which kind of makes sense because Chris Farley, I, I do feel like he went to Marquette in Tommy Boy, right? Yeah. That was where he was at. So it kind of it, it makes some sense. Yeah. Uh, what uh, year did Chris Farley make his SNL debut? No idea. It had to have been... Oh, 94. Oh, so it stopped you before four. 1990 was the answer. These are hard. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I, mean, I was six years old. So again, right. this is a terrible um, game that you to play. Uh, these, it gets better now. On a 1991 you know, episode, why you just, we asked Will these questions to see if he has any idea. I would have missed. You, you claimed you were the biggest Chris Farley fan in the world last Man, week. It doesn't mean I'm a nerd and I look <laughs> up stuff like this. It's not like I had a poster of him on my wall. Nerd. You didn't? <laughs> no. A little, a little Chippendales poster on your wall. <laughs> um, on a 1991 episode of SNL, Farley appeared in a weekend. I, I was seven years old, was not allowed to watch SNL at that age. So, but please proceed. But you might have seen it since then. Farley appeared in a weekend update sketch as U.S. Army General Norman Schwarzkopf. Who did he challenge to a boxing match? Verde Holyfield? I, I don't know. Ding, 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 ding. We got one. This is a lucky stab at this. Yeah, it's a lucky guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Farley appeared, Chris Farley appeared in a music video in 1993 for what, um, for what uh, musical act? No idea. Okay. Um, um, I, I assume rock. It is a it is a rock band. Okay. It's not Popular grunge. Band? It's not okay. grunge, but it's but it's like right. It's like they're a California band, closely associated. Yeah, ding 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 ding. There you go. Do you know? I would what have the, never known that. Honestly, I would have never known that. Uh, this is actually the song was sold to Squeeze, which was never released yeah. on an actual Chili Peppers album. Only released as an individual single, I believe. And on the soundtrack for a... you understand how specific this is? I mean, how many people would actually know that if they, it was never actually released? Um, it was recorded. It was... Oh, that's right. It was a B-side. It was never featured on the record, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It was released as a single in 1993. That's right. Oh, the Conehead soundtrack. That's what it was on. That's how they. That's how they got Farley into the mix. Is because you know they were working with Dan Aykroyd on Coneheads. Okay, that makes sense. But that still ties back to the SNL days. So, yeah, the video is set at a traveling circus with the band members playing various freaks and makes several references to Coneheads, including a cameo from Chris Farley. There you go. Uh, and finally. Chris Farley was originally cast as the title character in what animated film prior to his death? 
Oh man. And um, I will, I'll, I'll give you a hint if you want. Panda? No, no, no. Uh, here's a hint. The uh, animated character, multiple sequels to this to this animated character, and it was eventually played by uh, one of Chris Farley's SNL uh, castmates. Okay, that's a lot of people. Um, <laughs> not sure that helps. Uh, can you give me like a time, like a year, roughly? Uh, yes. Let's see. Two, uh, two thousand one. The first one came out. Oh, this is uh, this is hard. Um, in, in fact, the uh, the other so the the chief protagonist was played by an SNL character, um, and the. His also his sidekick. Let me ask you this, Will. Yeah, I was 17 years old. What were you doing at 17 years old? Was it watching cartoon movies <laughs> with Chris Farley in them at that age? I did not watch this movie until much later. Okay, is that All 2001? Right. I was 20. You probably years watched old. it once you had Robbie, right? Once you have a kid, then you start watching that stuff. I mean, I knew about this, but I didn't go watch it. Um, um, I honestly have no idea. I can't even think of like a animated Disney film that was around the 2000s. Again, Shrek. I was 17. Shrek. I know Debo wasn't in this kind of stuff, but I had other extracurricular activities going on at that point. Shrek is the is the answer we were yeah. looking for. Okay. And then Mike obviously, uh, who's a Michael Myers? Yeah. And then Eddie Murphy was the donkey in Shrek. Murphy. Yeah. Shrek holds up, man. Shrek holds up. Shrek was funny. All all three of them, right? There's three. I think there's like four or five now. I don't know. Oh, geez. See, there we go. Uh, okay. Let's get into some football. Uh, Debo, do you want to grade Brady's uh, trivia responses? I. I I would say that Debo, I would give um, grade grade my quiz that I made. It, it what's well, an A plus for effing up Brady's claim that he's the greatest. Well, let's just peel back the curtains here. So not only are we like running late a little bit, like we don't have a ton of time given the parameters of of what I've got to do today, but this is what we start off the show with without any forewarning, and so not as if like other things from movies that Chris Farley was in. Instead, we're talking about everything else outside of that. Right. But I, I get it. I set myself up for this because I talked about my fandom of Chris Farley as an actor, not like the person, not like I was like, hey, let's follow the footsteps of you know, the drug use, partying and all that. Right, Debo? But but that. So that was how we went into this. So thank you, Debo, for this. Yes. Um, I, I have a feeling that this is going to linger with Brady. It's like a, like, like, a, you know, you're, you're, you're an athlete, you're a quarterback, chip on your shoulder. Like you're going to, you're going to think about this. I, I think this is a, I would, I would not have gotten, I don't know that I would have gotten any of these. <laughs> Because honestly, who would if you're not giving any forewarning? Like, at least let me know if I should look him up on the Wikipedia page to look up certain things. Like, hey, what town was he born in? Things like that. Well, and, and, no and actually, I was uh, I had the I had a I had a rundown open in the email that Debo sent to you and me, and I'd forgotten to open because I'd restarted my computer. I'd forgotten to open up the uh, the actual document. I opened up. I was like, whoa, what is this Chris Farley trivia stuff? Uh, and there, there it was, waiting for me in full. Let's talk about some young rookie quarterbacks. You know, you were a young man when Farley, you know, when Farley uh, was doing all this stuff, all this trivia stuff. Let's talk about some uh, some young men as well. The the rookie quarterbacks. Transition. I don't know. Um, what were you doing at 17? Were you starting for the Jaguar? Starting for the Patriots? No. No, not yet. I was making <laughs> no, my way would, to another game. That would be illegal. That would be illegal for you to be starting for the Patriots. Yes. Yes. Um, how would you rank the rookie quarterbacks? If we take five rookie quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, um, we'll take, I guess, take Zach Wilson out since he's hurt. 
Or you put him at the bottom? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sure, now he's started more games than what fair, Fields. Fair. I feel right like down there. Yeah. Uh, Max Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, David Davis Mills, um, Trey Lance. Hard to hard to really. Yeah, I think Trey Lance is the one you can kind of throw out only because he, he wasn't ready coming into the season. We all knew that. He definitely looked like he wasn't ready uh, when he did get his opportunities. So, do you, do you think? Do you think Kyle Shanahan wishes he had Mac Jones right now? I think he wishes he had Aaron Rodgers. I, I think he wishes <laughs> that whole trade that was supposed to go through would have went through, and they they'd be playing with Aaron Rodgers right now. Maybe, maybe there's still a chance for that. Like, to be quite honest with you, I, I keep going back and forth of all right with what they gave up to get Trey Lance. Did they make that bet now they have to lay in it? Or can they just say, yeah, we'll move on and we'll give up whatever we need to to get Rodgers? Whether that's Lance going there or Lance going somewhere else as a three-team trade or keeping Lance on the roster until Rodgers is done, let Lance sit for a number of years uh, and then let him learn behind him before we have to thrust him in there, right? So a lot of different ways to go. The the problem is that you, the CBA only allows you to trade X number of picks out into the future. In terms of like drafts, like you can't trade a twenty twenty eight NFL pick uh, in twenty twenty one. Okay. Not, well, I mean, the, I'm saying the 49ers are out of ammunition. Like they don't have anything to trade. Right. It's just when you're trading players, you're not trading picks. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I mean it's it, it's possible. It just it just makes it a lot less likely without those first round picks that they have. Um, sure. Well, right. there's also the chance that you know after this year, Rogers is you know can. Decide to do whatever he wants to do. So however he orchestrates it, right? Sure, that that is true. He could he could he could have the power to say, "Hey, I want to go to San Francisco. Trade me there." Right. I don't care if Denver's offering you two first. We had a deal. Give you know, send me to San Francisco for, um, for for George Kittle, or something. But again, this is all in relation to Trey Lance and that whole situation. But anyway, I don't know that you can fairly assess where Trey Lance is at this point because. You know, he, he wasn't prepared to be the guy. He didn't look like he was going to be the guy right now. There's a lot of growth and development that's needed there. So I think he's the one that you put kind of the wayside. Probably even Davis Mills, too. Uh, it's not like he was prepared at any point in time to be the guy this offseason coming into this. Obviously, with the injury to Tyrod Taylor, you know, then you got to put him in. And at times, he's flashed kind of a guy who I think ran closer to NFL-style system at Stanford. But he didn't play a lot of football at Stanford. Dealt with a lot of injuries. And he's been given a, a pretty tough set of circumstances, given everything going on down there in Houston. So it, it's hard to really put a grade on him or ranking him because I think it's unfair to him. Um, but, you know, all that being said, I, I think I would put him honestly, I think ahead of Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson has been the worst of this class. And it looks it's even worse when you have Mike Hunt, who's never had an NFL starter's career, throw for over 400 yards, what, four touchdowns? And everything you saw from Mike White, you're like, yeah, why isn't Zach Wilson operating that way within the system? You know, he's getting the ball out of his hand quick. He's anticipating, throwing it with, you know, rhythm and timing. And Zach Wilson was doing that in the preseason. But the biggest difference between preseason and the regular season is, you know, those guys aren't game planning for you. You know, they're not trying to take away your first read. And if you go back and watch the preseason of Zach Wilson, what you'll see is a lot of first read opens, first read throwing in rhythm, accurate with the football. When you get in the NFL, now they're trying to take that away from you and make you work to two, three, four. And, and that's where the difference is. He's holding on to the football too long. He's forcing the football downfield into spots where the guys just aren't really there. And it, it feels like Mike White obviously hasn't been as prepared for this moment within that system, but he's more prepared as far as understanding how you have to operate within the NFL. And I think Zach Wilson's still playing like he's back at BYU behind an offensive line that's given him all day versus a group of five schedule. 
And so it, it might be good for him to sit and watch Mike White and watch how he plays and think, wow. like, this is how I need to be out there playing. But right now, you'd have to say that he's the one that I think if, like, if I was the Jets, not necessarily looking into next year's draft, but, like, if Rodgers was available or Wilson was available or Deshaun Watson was available, like, I'm going after him. Like, I, I'm trying to make this thing work. And I think you've seen enough so far from Zach Wilson where he's the one that I'm most concerned with, even as tough of a situation as he entered into. Well, the thing with Zach Wilson is he he flashes all the, you know you, he has these moments where he flashes right and he you know big time. I see, like, like, I, I, I've never been somebody who felt that way. Like everyone who says that, you're just like, oh, you mean where he like scrambles out and throws a ball up downfield? Yeah, that's like, it. That's, not, that's that's not going to survive in the NFL. Yeah. Like that's not how eighty five percent, ninety percent of your plays are going to be op, you know orchestrated. Maybe even more than that. Maybe it's closer to ninety five percent. So five percent of your throws are that great. But how, what does that get you? I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes now in the was, way he's played at times. Mahomes, yeah. So, like, if, if that's what you want to hang your hat on, okay, that's 5% of the time maybe that you're going to play quarterback in the NFL. Good luck with that working. No. So, I, I, all the talk about the flash, I, like, I haven't seen much flash at all. Like, he, he makes some throws. You go, okay, cool, he's got a great arm. Mike White's got a great arm. He showcased that this past game. Like, everyone in the NFL has got an NFL-capable arm. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Sure. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's flashed as a an elite like pocket passer or an elite quarterback. There's just have been. I guess. I guess things have been so bad for the Jets that you're trying to take the you know, for several years, right? Not just like over the past couple of months, but it's like you try and you try and you try and take the something that's good. Like Sam the one made better throws during his time there than Zach Wilson has at any point in time this year. I would like, agree that I can go back and show you pocket movement, stepping up, making a guy miss, turning and slinging a football in a hole that Zach Wilson would have either been sacked or would have, you know, held on the football, maybe thrown an interception. So it's so far at this point, like he's the one that's last and I think is the most concerning, no doubt in my mind. Like no flash is nothing. And I get it. He's got he had the hardest situation to enter into, but he was also prepared the entire time to be the guy. I think that's the concerning thing is. At what point during this whole evaluation of this year do you say um, maybe maybe we need to look at some other options? Well, and it's also fair, I think, to say what the Jets have done, which is you know draft Sam Darnold with nothing around him receiver-wise, nothing in terms of protection in front of him, let him fail out, kick him to the curb for a second-round pick, and then just bring Zach Wilson into the exact same situation. I don't know, guys. Maybe try a different approach to, to, to building out a roster. I would actually say his like the situation Wilson entered into is better. For like sure. the offensive line is probably better. You have Corey Davis, you have Denzel Mims, who's more seasoned or experienced. Like Hernan's finally healthy. Like you, you've got other pieces that are actually now there. I would actually make the case that I, I think, I think uh, Zach Wilson actually has a better situation than Sam Darnold was dealt, and he's struggling even to this extent. So um, again, he's a rookie. You don't want to be too hard on him about it, but. I've I've got I had some big concerns of reservations coming in. I never understood all the hype. My one of my concerns too was his size and him getting hurt. Now he's hurt and he's not even playing right now. And it had to do with two things: him holding on the football too long and taking that hit, but also just the fact that he just he's not going to be able to absorb as much over a 17 game season. For sure. Uh, all right. So who would you have uh, above Wilson? Who's the who's the next worst guy? Well, uh, I mean, <laughs> I hate how you're phrasing it. I, I think Justin Fields falls into that category. Um, but look, he wasn't prepared to be the starter, as, as as I'll say on repeat, as Matt Nagy said forever. Andy Dalton's our starter. Andy Dalton's our starter. When Andy Dalton's healthy, he's going to be our starter. So uh, that didn't help as far as getting him prepared. 
uh, Justin Fields, I, I think you still see, at least I still see from him, that upside, whether it's his, through his athleticism or he'll make a couple throws, you go, okay, there it is. But it's it's a byproduct of that system. Yep. Um, their offensive line has not played well. Their defense isn't even playing up to the caliber it has been. So there's a, there's just a lot of concerns in general, I think, about where that team is at. Uh, and obviously he's struggled, but yeah, not set up quite the same uh, to be able to succeed, I think, uh, as compared to Zach Wilson, who was drafted in day one, was the guy moving forward. Um, and and even though they have, have some pieces on the outside, whether it's with Allen Robinson or Mooney or Cole Komet, it just it seems like they're having a hard time figuring out ways of getting those guys open or getting them the football. Uh, and, and that's a direct reflection of some of the struggles with Matt Nagy that has nothing to do with fields because it doesn't matter if it's Dalton or fields. They're all they're all struggling to do the same thing. Matt Nagy. Niggy. That's right, dude. I, I've, I've really got to get that out of my mind and say it how you say it. It's not Nagy. It's Nagy. Nagy. Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. Nagy. Um, it's fine. You can be the only person who calls him Nagy. I, I don't think you have to worry about I don't think you have to worry about pronouncing his name. I don't think I'm the only person. No, you're not. And the good news is you probably won't have to worry about pronouncing his name for very long because the Bears look oh, like Oh. I mean shots fired by Will Willie Brinson. I mean, do the does does what the Bears are doing by I mean, I agree with you. Fields has had some moments, but his offensive line is miserable. I mean, he's constantly under pressure. You know, he had his he had his big his first ceiling game running the ball, uh, ten carries, one hundred three yards last week. But you know, that's also not sustainable. Like, just you know, can't can't find Allen Robinson. What kind of a big guy? Like, I, I think yeah. early in his career, I'm not saying he's gonna be Cam Newton. Yeah, but like, he's got some elements where he could run around a little bit, or like Josh Allen early on kind of did that to be you know be able to be competitive and get some wins. Like, I think he could get away with it. The one concern I have with him is, is just processing. It was that way when he first got to Ohio State. I remember I saw him in the spring. I went to go check him out. And I was like, ooh, man. Um, or excuse me, a training camp. Training camp before the season even started. They had a scrimmage. He had just gotten there. I was like, either the offense is just way behind or he's going to struggle this year early on. They didn't put quite as much on his plate. But as the year went on, the more experienced he got, he got better and better and better. And then by like year two, granted COVID year, cut down season, you still saw kind of the benefit of him playing more and more, uh, probably capped off by how he played versus Clemson in the semifinal game. And so that's where I feel like he's at. Like he's just one of those guys that needs to get more experienced, more comfortable. I honestly feel like he'll be playing his best football <clears throat> after week 10 this season. Like I think that's where he'll start to turn on, play better. Now, I don't know what's going to happen out around him. I don't know how Matt Nagy, and uh, him potentially being impacted by what happens there. But I, I do think he'll play better the more he ends up playing, and that's not always the case, especially in a bad situation. Fair enough. Okay, so clearly you've got, uh, I would guess, you have uh, Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones. Lawrence too. And then Mac, Mac Jones obviously has been by far the way. It's like Mac Jones and the rest of the class right now. Yeah. And, and it was a little bit as to be expected. He ran more of an NFL-style system. All the things that he did when you watched him on tape, you're like, this is going to translate to the NFL level. You know, his pocket movement, his timing, his anticipation, he was accurate. He's smart. What they asked him to do at the college level, all those things you knew were going to be a direct, you know, uh, transition to the NFL, help him excel. The problem is, is like, I, I don't know, like how much better is he going to get? I mean, he's really more dependent upon what's out around him. But, you know, when you look at this offense, he had, a, he had probably the best offensive line of any team that was, you know, drafting a rookie quarterback. They have a running game. He's got one of the best play callers, in my opinion, in Josh McDaniels. So all those things were stacked up for him to, to succeed. So you're kind of like, well, no crap. 
of course he looks to be the best right now, uh, and then helping kind of keep them in a hunt for a playoff spot. And then there's Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, is dealt. I, I think going into it, I was like, all right, like it's next to the Jets. You know, he's, I, I guess, had a quarterback competition. I'm not sure what the hell you call that. Um, <laughs> but as far as the roster goes, he, I mean, he's gonna, he was gonna struggle. Like it wasn't that much better of wide receiver group, and the protection has been spotty at best. But the difference is, like when you said flash with Wilson, like you actually see flashes to me with Trevor Lawrence. He makes some throws where you go, holy cow. Yep. Like that guy's got a, a cannon. So I, I just think there's enough there, enough upside. And I think the more he's played, the less he's held on to the football as long, the better feel he's gotten for. I just, I get concerned when like Jamal Agnew is starting to be the most targeted receiver on your roster at this point. Uh, that's a problem. Like that's, that's going to be a problem for you moving forward. They lack the ability to have guys separate. Hence why they're looking at a guy who's been a returner. And, and had a hard time getting on the field in Detroit, but now is like the number one guy of late for the for the Jaguars. Yeah, if you look at like Mac Jones versus Trevor Lawrence, and you know, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson had talent everywhere, right? Loaded defense, loaded receivers, good offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously, Mac Jones had that as well. You drop, you know, I mean, you drop Mac. Mac I mean, I don't know. I, I sort of feel like this is all kind of played out in a way that we knew when we went into the draft, in the sense that. Right. Mac Jones had a really high floor and, and we didn't know about a ceiling and maybe he can grow into a bigger ceiling, but he went to a really good spot for him in terms of what he can do. Well, like, I don't think he would be crushing it in Chicago. Well, I was just going to ask you, so let's play the game of if, let's put Trevor Lawrence on the Patriots. How, how does he look in that system? Cause I, I think he balls out. Like I, I think yeah. like he would have no issues whatsoever. I don't know that Zach Wilson would. And the reason why I say that is like, when you think about that off- offense, the timing, precision, everything else, that's not how he's played at least this year in the regular season. So that's question theres. I think I think fields they could make it work. Um, but maybe it would take him some time to get the grasp of it and all that. Davis Mills would probably excel in that. That fits more of his skill set of, of what he's been asked to do. So it, it's kind of interesting. Um just I agree that. if you put any of those guys in that New England system, like who would excel? Trevor Lawrence would be talking about as the top of this class, I think. We would go we would go the 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 Pats like competing with the Bills for the division title. Like very, I think very easily if you put Trevor Lawrence in that system because his upside is so high and you can you know coach the most out of him. Um, I I think that the Pats could make fields work, and but they would probably use not more of the Cam Newton playbook. I but they would say like there would be some of that mixed in. Yeah, yeah, they would they would blend his rushing skills and and get the most out of him passing. Um, but yeah, I mean like Max been really good and he's had to he's a tough spot to be in. I mean it's not easy to be a rookie quarterback in the NFL. Well, it's not easy to follow Tom Brady, and I know he's not directly following Tom. We had Cam, we had you know, what was last year, but the reality is that's who he's drafted to kind of replace. And his skill set is more similar to Tom Brady than it is Cam Newton. So uh, that's the other tough part is like when you've got to take that guy on in Foxborough in your rookie year, and there's all these like high hopes and aspirations, all the Patriots fans that I know, like that's what they're hoping for. They're like hoping he can replicate what Brady and Belichick did. And I, it's hard to break it to him, but I just I don't see that ever happening again in the NFL, whether it's Mac Jones or any other quarterback. Probably won't be another twenty-year dynasty in the NFL. That, that you know. Um, all right, uh, you mentioned it off the top, and we got to get to it because, man, I mean, yeah, I, I like I love all podcast sponsors, but boy, do I really love Butcher Box. There's nothing like Butcher Box. They're really hidden. Uh, you know. For, I mean, for, so for you know nowadays in, in 2021 you can get anything delivered to your house including food can show up you know you can have food cold packaged um delivered straight to your house organic 
quality, high-end meat, grass-fed, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, 100% grass-fed beef, all kinds of delicious. Delicious. It's amazing. Well, I mean, like that's the thing about ButcherBox that uh, separates, I think, from other delivery food delivery services is the quality of the meat. Like, I mean, sure, I was overrun with the quantity of the meat because they sent us a lot of meat, and you saw me tweet it out and put it on uh, Instagram. But they they get they go out and get the best possible meat. It is their sourcing decisions are holistically made. They keep the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind. Always delivering products you can trust, and it's delicious. I would say so. We made tacos. We did a uh, sort of a um, we we the chicken breasts are fantastic. I was mm-hmm. really I was really super because I I found out you know you can go and you can you go and shop for chicken breast you know you, you know you can you can get the value chicken breast you can go get the you know the 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 or, you know the free range organic ones and but but like you know you don't expect necessarily delivery chicken to, chicken delivered to your door to be that like thick that juicy that you know that that fresh and it, I was I was shocked and amazed by it. No, I, I'm amazed by the quality of it. Like you hit on that, but really when we talk about the steaks the fillets, the strips, everything to it. Like I am getting ready to have some fillets from butcher box when I go home tonight. And so I can't wait for the show to end just so I can get closer, closer to that moment where I throw those puppies on the grill and what, be able to uh, cut those uh, open later on. How do you prepare your, uh, how do you prepare your fillets? Uh, I, you know, here's the thing is it all depends on the quality of the meat and it was sure. butcher box. The quality is so good. I don't have to do much to them. All right. I really don't. They put a little butter on there, maybe a little little sea salt at some point, but that's about it. My li- my wife likes to put on this Montreal steak seasoning. She really likes that. Of course. Uh, sure. But that's it. Again, when you've got quality meat, let, let the meat do all the talking. You know what I'm saying? We're like, you don't need to do much to it. No, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Um, you know, you could even, instead of the butter, you could do a little bit of olive oil. Yep. Maybe, yep. Uh, you know, my dad. My wife does that a little bit. She likes that. Uh, a little olive oil, a little fresh, a little, just a little bit of fresh basil on top just to kind of get the, oh, okay. yeah. And then you, then you cook it on the grill and flip it. Obviously um, I was the, the, one of the things that they're doing, the, the, the promos that they are offering, I believe is that, and this is not the one that we're reading, but they do have a thing where they're giving like ground beef or, or ground Turkey um, that you can get added to your box. And we made, you know, I mean, like I know tacos, you know, I, so it was, I was like, you know, can I make tacos? Like, is that, is that cheating the quality of the meat? But I went on and looked on the ButcherBox website, and there was actually taco, like like good like taco option recipes, you know, stuff to do. Not that you, need, you know, not that you need, you know, a full blown recipe for you know cooking the ground beef. But the ground beef, fantastic. I mean, it is high end, and it, you you didn't feel like you're eating, you know, like a mealy, you know, you know like a you know, this is the fatty meats that you get from the grocery store. This is high end ground beef. You could tell it was 100 percent grass fed. Tacos. Come on now. You got meatballs. You got a little bolognese for those out there. Like to make a little meat sauce. All of it. It's perfect for all of that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all of the meals that we have had have been fantastic. And we haven't even really uh, opened up the full power. Like, you know, we got, we got, you know, got more coming. It's fall. It's time to be out grilling. I'm excited for it. Uh, you can get some butcher box sent to your house because every month butcher box will ship a curated selection of high quality meat right to your home. No antibiotics or added hormones. Each box contains, each box contains between eight and 14 pounds of meat. Depending on your box type, that's enough for 24 individual meals packed fresh and shipped frozen for your convenience. So you can save time on your next grocery store trip, customize your own box or go with one of theirs. Either way, you get exactly what you want. Free shipping for the continental U S and for our listeners, skip the lines. For your Thanksgiving turkey, 
This holiday, ButcherBox is proud to give new members a free turkey. That's right. We, if you listen to this podcast and you want a free turkey, all you have to do is go to butcherbox.com slash pick six, P-I-C-K-S-I-X to sign up. That's butcherbox.com slash pick six to receive a free turkey in your first box. No lines. Don't deal with a freaking turkey store. None of it. None of it. You know, it's not like you're bowling where you have to get the three strikes in a row to get that turkey. You just get it free with your first box. All you do is go to butcherbox.com slash pick six. Turkey's coming to your house. Man. That's right. I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my uh, mother-in-law to sign up for ButcherBox. Just be like, hey, she, she, I got your turkey handled for free on the podcast. She would be so appreciative of that. Like, that's how you get her off your back right now. Because I know, look, not to peel back the curtain too far, but talking before the show, I, I know we were talking about that. She's she's kind of been on you lately. She's kind of been on you. <laughs> we were talking after, after Halloween. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> uh, generally speaking, she's usually, yeah, yeah. I, you know, the... The, 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 the Thanksgiving Christmas can get uh, hectic as you try and you, you're married. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta navigate the waters of your spouse's, uh, your in-laws, your spouse's family. My, my, my spouse has a lot of family. I'm usually working on uh, most of those holidays. So it, it actually, it's like, I just kind of show up. Like usually they're taking care of all of it. That's why, again, like butcher box is a great deal for them because it takes the stress away from the extra stuff that's added on them since I'm not present or maybe it, Maybe I add stress. I'm not really sure which way, but either way, it helps them out. Yeah, I mean, look, Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve a few years ago, there was a there's an NFL game. Yeah, and I got to go. I got to go podcast guys with uh, Brady there, and my in laws were like Tom. That's Brady? right. I was like, that's no, right, not Tom. no, we I'm not podcasting together. You can't. I can't say that with too many people. You know, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Christmas Eve together. That's, I can't say it with many people either. Okay, let's talk about the playoff picture. We told people to bet the Chiefs a few weeks ago. I'd still say bet the Chiefs, honestly. Yeah. Plus one seven. I mean, they won last this past week. They're four and four. They're like a right, they're five hundred. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that's come out now about Henry Ruggs, which I'm not gonna get into the specifics, but that could impact one of the better playmakers on offense, depending well, on almost what seems certain to impact the Raiders at right uh, for a stretch so of that. Denver, I mean, Bulls isn't playing as well at the tackle spot, but a little bit banged up. Their linebacker core is decimated. Uh, you get rid of Von Miller in a trade. Yeah. Like, okay, what's, what are you signaling to your locker room? Uh, and, and then I think you'll look at uh, the Chargers, which, you know, got off to a hot start, maybe not looking quite as good as they once were. So uh, I think the door is open for Kansas City. They have, they've played awful, and, and they're still finding a way to be a 500 team. If they can just stop turning the football over, which is a big if, and improve defensively, which I think they've showed signs of that, they can be a team that wins that division. Okay. Uh, the current AFC odds, let's find some good bets and bad bets in here. The Titans are first in the AFC. Derrick Henry done for uh, – it's, it's weird. They're ahead three and a half games. Look at their schedule the rest of the way. I mean, they, they'll easily get the 10 wins. At 10 and 7, I think they win the division. So that, that to me, it's, a, it's done. It's a wrap. It's over as far as the Titans win their division. Yeah, and the Titans should get to the playoffs. And the, even without Derrick Henry, the Titans are not going to have uh, – it's going to be like minus 2,000 or something like that because they swept the Colts. The Colts had to be a game in front of them. We talked about this on the podcast um, on, uh, yep. on, uh, on, on Monday, I believe. The Raiders at minus 150 to make the playoffs. The Raiders would actually be my pick, Brady, to miss the playoffs of all the division leaders out there. I'm with you with the news of rugs. That's concerning. But I think outside of that, too, is like, can they continue this path offensively and make enough defensive improvements? I mean, look, they've been better this year, but not where they need to be. I think that's a team that ends up, unfortunately, kind of falling off in the wake of John Gruden no longer being there. 
maybe one of your biggest playmakers. And next thing you know, they're on the outside looking in. Could easily happen. So that, that I would say that is, that was, if, if you're getting plus money on the Raiders missing the playoffs, that's probably a bet I would consider making the Ravens at uh, minus 800. You can't really bet that the bills odds are obnoxious because they're, they look dangerous and are, have a very good record. The Bengals. I feel like the Steelers though, like the, the Bengals, maybe we'll see how that division shakes out. Obviously the Ravens seem to be a shoe in. I'm still on the Steelers. I'm telling you, do not write this team off. Cleveland looks like they're fading. Cincinnati, as good as they look, I feel like <laughs> something tells me there's value there on the Steelers. That's where I kind of my eye is attracted to. And I'm like, all right, it's worth laying a little bit of money on them. I, look, I, I said that back when they were at the bottom of the division. You know, I, I think what were the odds for them to win the AFC North then? It was like it was plus like 1,800? Yeah, it was like 12 to 1 or something like that, maybe. Something ridiculous. And at that point, you're like, might as well lay a little bit of money on it. It's only going to improve moving forward now, but their odds to make the playoffs, I, I think they're get, they're starting to find their rhythm right now. The two best bets, uh, I, I would agree with you on the Steelers because you're getting plus money. Yeah. And like, I, don't, I, I think it's a byproduct of Ben Roethlisberger refusing to let this season just – like he's just refusing to let what is likely his last season in Pittsburgh, maybe his last season playing football, be a disaster. And Mike Tomlin's a great coach. And there's sort of scotch tape. Not taking the USC job. He is not taking that job. So. The, the USC job? No kidding. I mean, what a, no. what a yeah. It's insulting that anybody would even ask. Uh, and then the Patriots at plus 120 to make the playoffs. I, I, I love the Patriots at plus 120 to make the playoffs. The AFC is wide open, man. I, I, I'm surprised that that number is what it is. They are, you know, they, they are, they have Mac Jones who's playing well. They have a, de- a good defense. They have Bill Belichick and they have a run game and, and, and some receiving weapons at the tight end position. They're starting to come on strong. They'll be in the mix. The concern is the AFC North, I think, is going to have multiple teams. It just depends how many. Yeah. Like whether or not we're going to say the Bengals, Ravens, maybe Steelers, two are all three in. I mean, that's potentially what you're looking at. And then how many come out of the AFC West? You know, if you're looking at the Chiefs saying they're, they're going to win the division or they're going to make a comeback, where the Chargers sit in that conversation. So, the problem is, is I think if you're ranking like the best teams in the AFC, I don't know that I'd put the Patriots ahead of any of those teams I just mentioned. Sure. But they'd be right there after that. So, like, it's a Bill Belichick coach team. You know, the ball sometimes bounces their way, it just works out that way. So, to your point, maybe worth taking the risk here for plus money. Yeah. And the, and the Patriots also still have the Panthers, the Falcons. They do have to play the Bills twice, and the Bills have shown a willingness to, to dominate them. But they also get the Colts, Jaguars, and Dolphins. So there are a lot of winnable games, the Browns as well there. Um, you know, we would ask, like, I don't I don't think Jamie Eisenberg is a professional, like, p- per se. But, yeah. you yeah. know, walk in front of the set. You know, he can't walk hear by. you right now. He is in the room. He can't hear you. But I do have to go on set for the, my other obligation. All right, yeah. that's fine. We will uh, very quickly bring up the NFC teams to make the playoffs. The Panthers at the seventh spot are six to one. The Vikings 220, 49ers 180. I there's not a, I maybe the Seahawks or the 49ers for me to make the, the playoffs. <laughs> You're kidding. I'm getting a lot of heat right now. It's literally time for me to go on set. Um, All right, well, look, that's it. That's the Brady Quinn football show. We'll cover the NFC next week. As always, Brady, a pleasure. Tell Jamie he's an unprofessional pile of crap and that his start tell him the start of the week with begin this week. And I do not appreciate his unprofessionalism. See you, man. See you. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. 
Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.